Hi, dinner table talkies, dinner table talkers, dinner table enthusiasts. This is Dinner Table Talks. My name's Joe Hilliard. And I'm Aislinn Campbell. <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> As you take a bite of cheese. It has been... You know where this cheese came from? Tell me. You know where this cheese came from. Well, I thought it was a rhetorical <laughs> question. I thought it was one of those podcast things where it was just the intro into us talking about something. But where did they come from, love? Do you remember that episode where I talked about getting to herd dairy cows on a mule? Yes, or a some of our best pictures that we ever <laughs> took for our Facebook and Instagram was you at that dairy cow farm. Well, this cheese comes from that dairy farm, and you bought it at the farmer's market that t- t- I started 10 years ago. Tell us their name. Canali Dairy Farm in Sandia, Texas. How is the cheese? I haven't tasted it yet. It's delicious. That's the curd. It's little bite-sized curds. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to the farmer's market today. I know. That's weird, right? I have been going to the farmer's market specifically to pick up items that you haven't been growing because while you're bringing in all kinds of great things, there weren't a lot of carrots or onions, and I cook with onions every time I cook. And then also these type of sundries, especially now that we have dairy cheese at the farmer's market. Well, there's a ton of the cheese that you're eating in the refrigerator now, so I wouldn't have to go for cheese. So I think that because you're bringing in now, I saw this harvest last night, this might be the first week... Since we started this podcast, 23 episodes into season two, Mm -hmm. I don't have to go to the farmer's market because you're providing everything. Yay, me. I do a good job. You have all the meat and chicken and beef and all of that. We're we're not providing that stuff yet either. We're stocked, baby. I mean, although we are getting a steer to raise on the farm, you know, have have, our own meat. We'll have beef. Yes. And even tonight, we'll talk about things that we did with your broccoli. We'll get to that broccoli cheese soup finally. Uh, mm-hmm. Things we did with your cauliflower. It's all about me. <laughs> you're bringing in such an overflow of abundance that you're even selling the extra. I am. A lot. Daily, I have orders coming in. And the orders are increasing and the number of people that order regularly. Well, the amount of things they can buy is increasing. Yeah. And the number of people that are regular, like regular customers is becoming bigger. And um, one of the things that's happening right now as we're getting ready, as people are getting ready for like Valentine's celebrations and nice meals and restaurant owners are getting their stuff ready for special dinner nights, I'm getting a lot of orders placed from me for edible flowers. And then, of course, all these really beautiful radishes I have and all this beautiful mixture of salad greens. But one of the things I needed you to do for me because, well, I saw this picture on Facebook. (laughs) And it's you holding this giant whisk. Yeah, the wire part of the whisk that you'd actually be whisking with, not the handle, was as large as my head. (laughs) I sent him over to the restaurant supply store to buy like special containers because I have to have really good special containers to put my edible flowers in. And I can make, you know, I can put together a little mixture of flowers and I get it with a little bit of cool water in it. And then it can be slipped into somebody's refrigerator real easily till they're ready to use it. Well, okay, first of all, Asian food restaurants send home the best to-go containers. Mm -hmm. You can reuse them. Mm -hmm. They're thick. You've got different sizes, one cup, two cup, four cup. The ones that they had that I purchased in all three sizes and the lids were thin, flimsy. But they're perfect for my thing. Did not like them. They're a perfect size for me to put just the right amount and you get whatever edible flowers I have. Mm -hmm. But then I have a... A restaurant, a huge order that I'm filling on Friday for Valentine's Week, a huge order. And then tomorrow for our restaurant with our friends, the Bellinos Uh restaurant, I am doing 
a massive amount of mixed salad greens so that they can put it on their farm to table dinner. And then some of my beautiful radishes. That's amazing. As well. Congratulations. I know. No, I love walking through the restaurant supply store. I like to see what is available. We have talked about when we move out to the farm, finally getting rid of our crusty cookie sheets that we've had for 15, 20 years. Getting ourselves a little on par with the level of cooking and food (laughs) that we do in our household, food preparation we do in our household. I've learned so many things doing this podcast for a year and a half. And one of them is that you have to have the proper tools to do the proper job. I think that definitely was a lesson my parents taught me. (laughs) Well, speaking of your parents, your mom is the kitchen gadget guru. Yeah, she's blaming that on my dad because he always had all the tools he needed to do any of the construction or carpentry work that he was working on. And he's like, you got to have the good tools. And so then she started getting the good tools. And yeah. Well, I brought her up because for Christmas as a stocking stuffer kind of thing, she got me a digital thermometer. When we used it, I used it last night to make French fries. Mm -hmm. And the tool that I was missing that I almost bought today was a a skimmer to get your fries out of the grease. It's a disc, maybe four inches around that's a mesh. That fly likes you. Yeah, I know. I've been battling a fly all day. I've got the fly swatter here just in case I need it. I've got it. Because you're keeping the doors open to facilitate the dog going in and out. And we're having more flies in the house. And I hate it. (laughs) Nothing? Okay. So um, so it's like four inch disc, you know, on a handle that has like a mesh on it. So I could scoop up underneath those french fries. I was using a slotted spoon last night. It's no good. Oh, yeah. The girls, we, everyone loved the french fries you're talking about. Yeah, it was burger night last night. Burgers and fries. And I'm not going to talk about the burgers because, you know, burgers are burgers. But... Whatever, grass-fed beef burgers are not just Sure, but I don't want to get into the intrinsicities. Butter crunch lettuce that came out of our backyard with tomatoes that came out of our backyard. I mean, come on. (laughs) Okay, it was the best burger that anyone ever ate. True, but since we eat that way almost every single night, the best of anything that anyone could possibly eat, I was going to skip that. But let's talk about the fries. There are things you can fry in addition to a good old-fashioned potato that I bought at the grocery store that kind of make the fries a lot more fun. Yeah, and the girls... We're like, wow, these are so good. These are so good. And they just kept eating them. And then it was interesting because it was like, it was almost as if you could tell that they could taste something different, but they just thought that it was so good. Have you ever been at a fast food restaurant? Think back. What do they What do? They, do? they take them out of the freezer. They dump them in the frying basket. They dip them. The timer goes off. They pull them out. Then I guess they let them drip and then they... Dip them again, timer goes out, then they pull them out, then they dump them out, and that's when they start serving them up. And they cover them in salt. They cover them in salt. You're right. It's a two-fry method. Uh I was under the impression that the French fries have been pre-fried before they get there, and the last dump is the puff and crust. We could do an unanswered question on this one. I have how how do the fast food industry does it? Yes. Well, here's how we do it. Because they're famous for that. I mean, even I will succumb to a drive-thru fast food French fry once every three or four months. You'll skip the meat, but those french fries siren song is calling <laughs> yes. to you. I don't blame you. Every once in a while, they leave a greasy film okay, inside my mouth. <laughs> if you're going to get french fries from any fast food place, where do you go? I guess it's Waterburger. It's Waterburger. But I don't, honestly, though, the place that I end up going to the most, we have a kind of a local place called Vicks. Oh, okay. That's where I like to go get the oh, fries. Oh, I haven't had their fries. Because they got them old school fries, you know, okay. the big fat ones. Yeah, well, that's what I made last night. I got the mandolin out. It shoots out your perfectly shaped french fries. 
You didn't ask me how often I sneak into a VIX drive through How often do you do it? You said, well, you said once every couple of months, every it, three or four months. It has been a very long time, by the way. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. You might oh, get a little Chocolate-dipped French fries. Oh. <laughs> how weird is that? Next week on Dinner Table Oh, my Talks. God. We should go to Houston and go to the Chocolate Martini Bar, whatever the name of that bar is, the Chocolate Bar or uh-huh. whatever. Oh, my God. That'd be so much fun. I want to talk about French fries now. <laughs> mandolin perfectly shaped french fries but you said are you going to use some of the stuff that i harvested i said of course i am what would make a good french fry and so i pulled out the turnips some of those big korean radishes and those radishes guys are not like your little pinche red cherry radishes Uh these are these big fat almost like the size of a potato radish and they're beautiful on the inside they're like a purple kaleidoscope on the inside and I pull, so I pulled out the big fat one. One of them actually looks like a little like creature. He was so cute. Mm-hmm. I was quite sad. And yeah, he, I cut the cut creature's head off and ran it through a mandolin, <laughs> just like sausage party. I use about 50% russet potatoes and 50% some of the things that you had brought in. It adds a yeah. pop of color. It yep. adds a yep. kind of like a roulette flavor. Like a, mm-hmm. we don't know exactly what this one's going to be. Mm-hmm. You soak your potatoes. I soaked everything. For at least 30 minutes, you're trying to pull starch into the water. Give them a good rinse. Get them as dry as you can with just a paper towel. And then you drop them in your grease, which is 325. Using my digital thermometer, I was able to completely handle that. Because my mom bought you the most awesome tool to Very use in your tool right. cabinet. It's all coming together <laughs> in the end. Five to seven minutes, you're looking for color more than anything else. Pull those out and put them up on the rack so that the they can cool and degrease. Once those fries cool off a little bit, you up your grease to 350 drop them in for one or two minutes. It's doing two things. It's puffing them. It's giving you that fast food fry. A little bit of crunch, but nice and hot and fluffy on the inside. Mm-hmm. Then I scooped them out, tried to get as much grease off as possible, put them into a large bowl. Another thing I want to get at the restaurant supply store is a bunch of those nice stainless bowls, all kinds of different sizes that are nesting and stackable. I think we should hit up more estate sales before we buy new. I'm not going to argue with you right now. And then I tossed them in your pizza salt. Toss, mm. toss, toss, toss. They were perfect. They were so good. They got applause from everyone. Good job, Joe. You did it. Last week, I got so excited about the sour cream chicken spinach enchiladas. They were delicious. That on air, I bumped the broccoli cheese soup. Let's totally talk about it now because mm mm good. Except that (laughs) there was so much food in our life that we have to make a choice. Is it broccoli cheese soup or is it the tandoori chicken that Savannah's best friend's mother sent me the care package over? Oh my God. So we have two things to talk about? Well, we also have some cabbage cauliflower hash that we need to talk about as well. I think we should talk about all of them because people like talking about food. Why don't we do the broccoli cheese soup next week? Are we bumping it again? Yeah, let's just give it a bump. It's going to get bumped off into Forever Neverland. No, broccoli cheese soup guaranteed next week. <laughs> Unless we need to bump it because we've eaten so many other great things. My daughter's best friend is of Pakistani descent. And she delivered to us a Ziploc bag. And inside that Ziploc bag are two smaller Ziploc bags filled with what is clearly an ancient secret 
spice blend. Because she didn't give you the actual oh, ingredients. Oh, no, no, no. What she did give me was that spice blend twice. Sorry for the bag noise. So you can make it more up. than once? I'm going to make it again. Oh, good. And then a nice little recipe card that she'd handwritten together. She wanted me to mix together whatever is in this secret spice mixture. Did you ask her again for it and she wouldn't give you it? I didn't ask. I figured that that would be... Um, okay. Should I ask? You should ask. Unanswered question? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to mix that together with a, and this is her instructions, a cup of plain Greek yogurt. We used your mom's homemade yogurt. And one and a half tablespoons of a garlic ginger paste store-bought that she also delivered with this little care package. How very kind. That was awesome. Mix that all together. Add the chicken. Mm-hmm. I used breasts that I bought at the farmer's market. I let it marinate for at least six hours in the fridge. It marinated for a full 24 hours. Of course, if you're going to be making some sort of Indian food dish, and then you you made it very clear to me that it's just the meat portion, right? So we might need to do some sides as well. So I was like, okay, perfect. Now, I've heard people talking about using turmeric cauliflower where you take the whole head and you cover it with some kind of turmeric paste and then you roast it. So this was my whole head and you were like, get the biggest head, which I'm not exactly sure why we got the biggest head because we still have half of it in our refrigerator. Oh, yeah, we can heat that up tonight. <laughs> a big head of cauliflower, three garlic I'll cloves. tell you why. Did I you fi- use three? I figured your daughter would eat it. She loves cauliflower. She does, but she doesn't like, she's weird. I don't even know. Sometimes, she, I don't think she liked how it looked okay. or something like that because she's taken all these other things. Like you, you cheated by buying her frozen shit and so then of course she's eating frozen shit instead of the stuff that needs to be eaten okay i will entertain this rabbit hole (laughs) in the kitchen together with your daughter she said joe i'm texting you something and i want you to buy it and it was amy's organic brand burritos yes and i said to you am i buying burritos i don't mind if we have those available go ahead Yes. So I did. One of the things maybe we could do is when we package it up at night, package it up in a way that all they have to do is take one of those dishes out and put it in the oven and turn the oven on and set Alexa timer. I mean, that's all they're looking for. And the one thing that I will tell you is that the microwave became, we had a conversation and she was telling me about how she had seen this TikTok video where it was somebody saying like, this is me having to heat up my, I don't know, what do you call them? Some kind of frozen dinner or something or another because my dad doesn't believe in microwaves. Well, it's not that we don't believe in microwaves. I, be- I don't think I, that they exist. <laughs> I believe they exist. Fake news. But I don't want to use a microwave, don't care to use a microwave. I like the way this an ha- oven When we moved from our old house with a built-in microwave into this house, there was no microwave. We made a conscious decision not to buy a microwave and let's see what happens. And seven years later... Right. We're all good. We're fine without a microwave. But I was thinking that like if we had taken that chicken and put like a piece of chicken and the portion size of the cauliflower Mm. in there in one of those dishes ready to go in the oven, it might have gotten eaten. (laughs) The flies are insane. The fly went into my ear uh, phone hole and was buzzing around. That motherfucker almost went into my ear. Welcome to our real life, y'all. <laughs> we would then need... Okay, I saw at the grocery store... And at store, the estate sales, we can totally find okay, awesome I, yeah, mic- I, microwave dishes. I want dishes. the rectangular Pyrex 
refrigerator boxes. They're expensive, I would l- I know that they are, but if you're looking at estate sales, because now what? We have all this time to go estate sailing <laughs> on the weekend? Sure. Where did you find that round one? With at the- an estate sale. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Eyes open. And there open. were a bunch more. I was just, I didn't want to spend $500 on Pyrex. There's- okay, I'm going to pull us back yeah. out of the rabbit hole. <laughs> the fly in the ear rabbit hole. The how to properly do our leftovers rabbit hole. I was just trying hole. to tell you there was garlic in this roasted I doubled turmeric. the garlic. I doubled <laughs> I the garlic. I was going to ask you that question. Then, of course, turmeric powder, black pepper, ginger grated, lemon salt, olive oil. And you had me come in there and help you massage it or at least take a picture of you massaging this yes. cauliflower head. <laughs> yes. Because what they want you to do is to get that paste that you've made, which is very viscous, in down into the cracks. and Viscous. That's not, a not, funny word. Not just on top of the head, but even underneath and through and throughout. And then you stick it in the oven for an hour and 15 minutes. I didn't know that when it started. <laughs> I know. And it was already like 8 o'clock. <laughs> At that point, I just hear and you kind like, of groan. And- I'm waiting for you to make the salad. And I'm like, you're waiting for me to make the salad? What the hell are you even talking about? <laughs> It was fantastic. It came out perfect. I cut it into a steak. You should repurpose that tonight in some sort of a soup. Mm-hmm. That'd be the answer. That's doable. Yeah. Okay. Totally. And Because it's got turmeric in it. Yeah. Pronouncing it correctly. So it's a turmeric cauliflower. Uh-huh. Next week on Dinner Table Talk. <laughs> How do we repurpose things? I loved her mother out of the blue. Mm-hmm. handing me this. Mm-hmm. I'm tasting, I think, some of the food. I'm sure I didn't do it half as well as she does, right? Because uh-huh. this is her ancient recipe. Right. Uh, that my daughter's enjoying when she spends the night over at her friend's house. Yeah. I'm tasting the food. We're tasting the food that my daughter's being introduced in a more social, friendly way What's to those kinds of spices and flavors. When she was little, that you would say, that we would say, someday you're going to go out with friends yeah. and they're going to eat. And you would say things like Indian food and they and she would be like, who's going to eat Indian food? Like, you know, like, her best friend. <laughs> I will tell you though, that I am not a fan of breast meat cooked like that. So I want you to try it again, especially if you've got another set of that. With dark meat. With bone-in meat. Mm-hmm. Dark meat, bone-in meat. Yeah. I just think that kind of meat prepared in that way. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the let me eat a skinless chicken breast. That's not the kind of diet I ever want to be on in life. I would prefer to eat all the fatty stuff and then eat once a day. That, <laughs> you know, like, that's a function of the pieces that are available at the farmer's market because we're not going to be buying chicken from the grocery store. What I would need to do, perhaps, is to thaw an entire chicken and then butcher it into the pieces that we all know and love and then make it that way. I know you can get legs from them. I mean, you can get wings from them. I don't. I have wings in the freezer. I didn't think about tandoori chicken. That's oh what we do next time. Oh my God, that We do tandoori delicious. chicken wings. Okay. <gasps> Well, every week you get to listen to me talk about something I'm doing in the garden, something I'm harvesting, something I'm learning from the garden. And I'm curious if some of you would actually like to go down the rabbit hole of gardening with me a little bit deeper. If you have an interest in that, I would love it if you would join me on my Facebook group called It's Just Aislinn. We'll drop the link in all the things we're doing so that you can go and check that out. See you there.
There were no official unanswered questions this week, but one of them could have been, did J-Hack sit around the table after not doing so in quite a while? And we did and we have, and don't tell me that you haven't missed it. Oh, I totally missed it. Mm -hmm. Um, Last night, your daughter did not have an engagement. So when I said dinner's ready, she came in and said, are we eating at the table? Your kids are really good at, is there someone getting together, having a conversation? And then they kind of like wander into the room. Savannah's really good at that. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's something going on out there. I want to go talk to people. One of the conversations that came up actually, I thought was interesting with Savannah was talking about that whole introvert, extrovert thing. Yeah. I think it's very funny because she had mentioned that same thing that like she's okay to be completely alone. And Super Bowl Sunday, we actually went out to the farm and did the crawfish boil and all that stuff that we normally like to do. And she stayed home the whole day. She was like, I don't know why anybody would have assumed that I'd be upset about it because I enjoyed being by myself. I'm like that as well. We've talked about that before. I think that part of that is because we're such strong, creative personalities that we have to have time alone to like regain those that energy that we've pushed out. But also you have to be able to take some time to brainstorm and think creatively and spend some time in your own mind so that you can come up with whatever the next massive thing is. And I thought it was funny because Lily almost immediately said, oh no, I don't ever want to be alone. And I thought that was really interesting. That doesn't surprise you or did that surprise you? It doesn't surprise me. Because I probably spent a lot of my life feeling more like that than I do now. Like, oh, no, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. And she actually made a comment that is kind of a lot of what we've been talking. We've all been talking about a lot lately. She made a comment about because if I'm all alone, then I have to sit there in my thoughts and think about all the things that I might have done wrong or blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we have been thinking and talking a lot about the idea of healing and how hard on yourself are you in your own mind and i actually woke up the next morning excited going you know what it's so much fun to watch our girls figuring their own stuff out becoming young adults yeah like Mm -hmm. coming up with their own decisions about politics and religion and yeah of course we're talking about 15 and 16 year old commitments to this and that and social this and blah, 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 blah 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 But it's interesting to see that point in their life. And I made the comment that it's very different than the boys. With the boys, it came later, certainly. It also just doesn't seem as complicated as it does with the girls. And I made that comment and you you said, yeah, think about being a girl. You know, (laughs) I thought that was funny. You don't remember that conversation? Wait till you hear the table topics question tonight, which I swear to God is completely (laughs) unplanned. It does happen that way. It does happen. Ultimately, you were saying that it's just harder to be an independent, individual, young girl. This concept of coming into your own and that that I even made the jest that like, yeah, you're a 40-year-old buying a car, getting a divorce, you know, all of these things. Because finally, after 40 years, you've gotten brave enough to be who you actually are. And now you're like looking around at your job going, how did I end up in this job? And why do I drive that car? And how how did I end up marrying that person? And, and that's why I think we have a lot of the turnovers at that kind of midlife crisis time period. Whereas... So do you think that the girls today are at an advantage because that ability to come into your own is easier than it was for us? I hope so. I hope that with each generation, we're giving them more of their own complete freedom. I don't see a lot of that right now. I got to be honest with you. I, I mean, I'm not saying that the gener- their generation is going to do it the same way we did, but I also still see a lot of parents like trying really hard to condition their children to be what they thought they oh, needed God, to be yeah. 
rather course. than I don't care what you be. You be you. Yeah. Don't break the if law. If you could be, could be kind, be, you know, that we even Treat made the comment well. about, yeah, like bringing home, when you're bringing home people, whatever your partner is or whatever, we don't care about anything other than that they're kind and that they take good care of you. And that that's really it. it. It was a, it was an interesting sprawling conversation yeah. of, and, and it carried over mm. into a couple of days of our conversations between one another. I about, got comfortable, man. I kicked off my shoes. <laughs> oh my God. I was sitting, y'all, I was sitting Wait. there on the couch. Like, okay. We're sitting in what? our, we're sitting in our living room. Uh -huh. Okay. And one of us is on one end of the couch. One of us is on the other end of the couch. Joe is in his own like chair that he kind of sits in, like a private sofa chair. It's private. It's private. <laughs> I put a rope in front of it when I'm not around. And Savannah's sitting on the little like island thing that Autumn rolls around. Island. We're talking. We're having this chit chat, all philosophical, whatever. And all of a sudden, I get this weird look on my face, and I just kind of like start freaking out a little bit. And Savannah's like, "What's wrong? I don't. I don't know." And I start smelling myself and I start smelling the dog and I start smelling every, I'm like, I don't know, y'all. I just got the whiff of the weirdest smell. I guess the dog farted or something. I don't know. So I just kind of like moved around a little bit and all of a sudden I recognized that it was Joe's frigging feet. Oh my God. I was like, and then he tried to like play it off and like, oh no, it's not that big of a deal. And <laughs> He got I, roasted. We, he was getting three I, women end, against him at that at the point. End I was of a winning. Day, <laughs> at the end of a work day, there are going to be parts of you, um, armpits. My armpits smell nether great. Nether regions. My armpits smell like ethnic spices. But that's where you're going to have <laughs> closed, contained sweating. Your armpits, your, your nether regions, and certainly inside of your shoes. My feet don't smell. I had commented <laughs> that my more casual shoes, I had stuck out into the freezer overnight <laughs> because some oh, internet God. research, listen. I can't. Told me that <laughs> it that's It makes a me want to gag. I'm like, way. you put those in my freezer? Oh, no, nobody's ever going to let on, get food on. from inside our house again. Inside of a bag, <laughs> no, nothing, no, there's no contamination. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't have a foot odor problem. I I'm going to say that right now. However, those leather <laughs> shoes that I kicked off last night, uh, they need some assistance. It had been a long, sweaty, you know, hot day. And uh, I ran, ran from the living room to the bathroom to, you know, get myself uh, where I needed to be. Very, very, very embarrassing. But hey, it's Dinner Table Talks. So our life is an open book. The Dinner Table Talk might be about cultural shifts in the youth. <laughs> and it could be about... Uh, Politics. It could be about religion and it all of the be things about that are... how you keep eating the girls' cereal in the middle of the night. Oh, that <laughs> came up. That came up. I flipped a switch the other night. No more late night cereal eating because that's just not good for you. The girls you. were like, "We don't care about anything else, but please stop eating all our cereal." <laughs> Yeah, I got ganged up on. You got ganged up on. Yeah. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah, you needed a little ganging up on. <laughs> I love it. And we were going to make the what was it that we were gonna that we delayed? We were gonna make the tandoori chicken. We were gonna make it use on the cauliflower and all on. that. Yeah. But then I got a fun text from your mom saying, mm -hmm. "I well, you, you were there." Yeah, she came outside from the farm to the garden that I was in and said, 
hey, I threw together this great kind of mashup recipe. I, I used the cabbage that you just brought in. And she had bought from ButcherBox some really good pork sausage that she wanted to use. Then she's like, and, and your cauliflower. And I just threw it all in. And I made this like amazing recipe that's so much food. I was just thinking I could send a whole portion of it home and y'all could just have dinner at home. Because your folks don't eat leftovers. Yeah, I guess not. Uh -uh. Part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it on the show is because I ate it three more times after the night she made it. It was so freaking good. What what did you eat three times? So it's called sausage hash with cabbage, potatoes, and beans. And then I said, given her kind of a small cauliflower, and she threw that in there as well. And the first night when you reheated it, it wasn't as good as it was the second and third night when I reheated it. And I think that the problem with that was that you did it in the wok. Yeah. And I think you were better off to put it in the oven oh, okay. in good one of know. those containers that we were talking about. Sure. And just put it in there because then it kind of steamed inside there. Oh, okay. Damn. I'm telling you guys, this recipe is really good for cabbage season. And then, like I said, you threw in that cauliflower. So it had the breakfast sausage, the potatoes, mushrooms cannellini white beans a head of cabbage thyme which she has some fresh thyme out in her little garden mm-hmm. raised beds she around her herb, house she's a great herb garden yeah and then some water to steam it up in and she like i said she threw in that cauliflower i really enjoyed it It was very warming hearty like a warm dish it was fresh it tasted it, fresh that's the thing with this cabbage that i've been bringing out of the garden it has been so delicious all the cabbage varieties i have grown this one. Everyone should be growing tender, sweet cabbage. You know, I can't even tell you how great it makes me feel to know that there are families all over this area that are eating food that I grew with my own little I can't, self. I'm going to back you up here. I can't tell you how proud I get of you when one of your customers posts a picture of a meal in your little group where people go to order food from you. Mm-hmm. Of the results of the purchases. Mm-hmm. I made da-da-da-da-da with Aislinn's arugula. I made da-da-da-da-da. And now I'm watching people say, do you still have arugula? Uh-huh. And, and exactly. they're asking the question correctly. Arugula mm-hmm. is just an example. But they're asking the question correctly. Is it still time for arugula? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that what you're up to is not a grocery store where I can get blueberries mm-hmm. in you know, 12 months a year. Mm-hmm. It's seasonal. It came out of the ground today. I'd like to get it in my kitchen tonight, please. Yep. Good job. It's fun. And now, everyone, it's time for Table Topics. We don't talk about what Table Topics is much anymore. We just get right into the question. But for those of that might be new listeners, when we got together, we got this thing called Table Topics, a little Lucite box of square cards with a question designed to make conversation. The Table Topics people, once we started using it on the show, sent us three, four boxes of different varieties and types of questions. It's my turn to ask the question. You have not seen this question yet. I have not seen it. Why would you rather be a girl or a boy? When I was 16, I would have rather been a boy. Now, Why? I'm happy to be me. Just Aislinn. This is me, and I'm happy to be it, and I love it. One of the things I've been learning a lot about is the idea of the masculine-feminine dynamic. Part of that is me beginning to own my creative power as a woman, my intuitive power as a woman, and my sensitive nature as a woman, and to align that with my strength and independence and 
honesty and bravery and be as whole as I possibly can be finding the happy balance. So it makes sense that it would, that I would say today, I just like being me living stronger every day in alignment with both my masculine and feminine powers. But I like being a female. I like what it means to be a female. What was 16? 16 was a rough time. It was trying to learn my independence. It was being different and, and being excluded. Some of the exclusion came because I was always feeling excluded and then trying to claw my way into being included. And there was nothing about me. No, that's not true. I've always been independent and unique. But at that age... There's a social draw to be part of the crowd and individual and unique is sometimes excluded. Oh, I felt like the a requirement round peg in a square hole all of the time. everyone being the same thing and wearing time. the same clothes and listening to the same Exactly the same. Like carbon copies of one another. Doing the same extracurricular activity. And if you're not one of the people that's a carbon copy of, of it, then you're an outcast. And I always, and I think we've talked about this before, but I always had an attraction, I remember her, of a girl that was different, that was confident and brave in her difference Mm -hmm. at that age. Mm -hmm. But I think about it now and I wonder, like, maybe she didn't feel confident at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe just because I saw her as being confident. And a lot of people, it's kind of that same thing with me where when I say anything, anything remotely about the idea that I feel valueless or unworthy or lazy, that people literally like go, what are you talking about? Like, it's almost as if they recoil when they hear me say something like that about myself. Because Because they don't believe you? Or they wouldn't expect you to feel that way knowing what they know about you? Agreed. Okay. They just, their perspective, it makes no sense to them that I would ever have that Uh real thought in my mind. And they know me to be honest, so honest about expressing myself there are definitely times where I feel like valueless and it makes no sense to other people. And I, I appreciate that because it helps me. You've been, you've said those things to me. And, and there's a lot of old coding and females have a lot of deep, deep, deep coding from a long time of oppression yeah. and getting beyond that and breaking through those glass ceilings within yeah. our own minds. Yeah. I watched a movie that you didn't want to watch because the trailer, the, the content was going to be about sexual assault. Violent violent sex scenes. Uh, well, there were no violent sex scenes. Zero. Oh, okay. In fact, when I finished watching the movie, and this is for the fine. other, this is for the other podcast, and we watch yeah. two movies a week, and I always give the hey, well, I'm watching this and I'm watching this, and you'll yeah. say I'd like to watch that with you, and we try to watch it together. But sometimes you'll say that seems uber violent. That sounds like a horror movie. Things that you just know that you don't like, and I'll go watch those by myself. And I can handle certain horror movies. There's sure. certain people like M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. I almost always can do his. Yeah. And then what's that other guy? Ari Aster, those Midsummer, guys. and There's Hereditary. There's something more um, esoteric. Is yeah. that the right word? Yeah. About the way it's they do it? It's not just slash them up gore. There are horrific themes to the film, but there's something interesting and deeper and there's not that, that draw you in. What do you call that? Pain por- porn? Torture porn. Torture porn. Ooh, yeah. God. Oh, just the word makes me feel sick. Torture porn is uh, a movie like Hostel. If you think about it, it's kind of the same thing. Torture porn and then like sexual violence. It's this idea of like re- real pain, like 
real darkness in order to even create that kind of image in the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put any energy on any of that. And I'm too empathic and I'm too good at spreading vibrations to take those with me. I'm create that shit. And I don't want to create that shit. The movie's called Promising Young Woman. It's a takeoff on the idea that when a woman is sexually assaulted and the case goes to trial, oftentimes the defense for the male will say, he's such a promising young man. We can't take his life away from him for one mistake that he made uh, as a youth. Mm-hmm. And so the take is, well, hold on. What about the promising young woman whose life may be shattered forever? And certainly the psychological repercussions that come with that kind of thing. You're, we're not considering both sides of the angle. It's a systemic problem, by the way. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it's a systemic well, quickly, problem. The film talks about the systemic problem. Mm-hmm. So she puts herself in situations where she acts drunk at a bar alone. And then some Prince Charming shows up mm-hmm. to take her home. That's literally. Get her home safely. But once there, tries to turn the tables. But she turns the tables because she suddenly is sober. And the male has to then explain to this sober girl what exactly he was just about to do. And it's fascinating. But it explores this idea of toxic masculinity in the culture where men are oftentimes... That when men act the exact same way, they aren't taken to that same task. That there are two versions of what is acceptable when it comes to gender. As a, I like the idea that we're talking about how we are taking our power back in a completely different way, mm-hmm. and we're not gonna. We don't even need the system to take our power back. And and I, see, I don't want to go down this rabbit well, hole. Let me just finish my thought. I wasn't aware of until probably I met you. Women are more powerful than men, I believe, but the system is in place. It's not intended to be that way. What is intended to I think occur it goes back. I is think it goes to be a balance. I think it goes back to speaking very generally. I hope I don't say anything that makes anybody mad. But since men are typically the stronger sex, they can run faster. They can, you know, they can kick a ball farther. They can blah 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 blah. There are they're the support dynamic that they have been able to muscle their way into being the superior gender, if you will. I'm talking about the system, not the reality of it. That I do completely agree with you. Seeing a level of equality or a a rush toward equality, Ugh, the whole thing about um the sex me too scandal stuff in Hollywood, Mm-mm. the idea that the system is in place for these men to act this way, Mm-mm. this is a reckoning that I am completely in favor of. Because if we can present ourselves more as being equal, then the question itself is moot. That there is no benefit to being a girl or a boy. It's just But it's not about equality because we're not equal. Not we're yet. balanced. No, not yet. Okay, okay, we'll yeah. never yeah, be. Yeah, go down there. What, what do we're you mean? We're never going to be equal. So let's not try to be equal. Let's be... Well, okay, real ex- what quick I mean example, is salary within- disparity. The job is this, and it pays this much. And if you come in in a dress or you come in in slacks, you're going to get the same thing. Because we only only because we continue to just allow ourselves to slip into that place. If the system is set up, there is no slipping into. I fucking disagree. You know, because I'm watching women on camera make ten million dollars a year. Sure, but are they the exception to the rule, or are they the rule? I don't believe they're the exception to the rule. Let's now let that, that become now the that rule. we've become the understanding that we're 
beyond that. And it's not about equality that we're arguing with the system to try to fix the system. No, no, that will never fix the system. We will never fix the system by yelling and screaming at the system. Even when you start going down that path of the equality and all of that, the, just the wording of it. Well, I don't like it. There might be it, things that you're seeing in the media me. that you don't like about how that could be it's happening, but that's not a requirement of it It's not just in the media. It's in the conversation. It's in the conversation. And that's not the conversation anymore. I guess that's where I go back to with this whole thing. That is not a systemic problem we can solve. That is a self-awareness problem that we can solve. And as soon as you as an individual own, just like I did, just like I continue to do and will continue to do what it means to be masculine and feminine all within the same person mm -hmm. and own the fact that my physical manifestation has a vagina and breasts and a uterus and ovaries and I'm a woman. That's how I was born. That's my physical manifestation. But that doesn't change the fact that I have all the same strength and power as a masculine entity and i have all the same strength as power strength and power as a feminine entity yes your physical manifestation has a penis and also generally speaking you have stronger muscles than i do especially like in your hands and in your arms and certain ways da, 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 da. but my physical manifestation yada 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 the whole thing you can add on to it when I use the word glass ceiling, I'm not talking about the glass ceiling of some systemic problem. If we're going to continue to fight the systemic problem, we're never going to win. But if we're going to face within ourselves our own demons that make us hate things that are that we were born with or love things that we were born without or whatever when it comes to the question that was asked, do you want to be a boy or wish you were Why would you rather be a... Right. Then we solve all the problems. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I got triggered. I would rather be a boy for one reason and one reason alone. I can pee outside anywhere I want to. So can I. I guess the dog farted. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime... Hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>